Hello and welcome back to this Patreon episode of TF, the WTYP. Patreon. Oh, the well, there's your problem crossover. <laughs> Should we just uh, add OnlyFans? Yeah. Uh, and uh, sitting sitting on the, on the couch uh, wearing some uh, thigh-high stockings, it's Justin Rosniak. Oh, God. Hello. I'm here. <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to think of a, a, a joke about, like, exposed rebar or something. <laughs> Justin's braving the chafe for the show. And also joining us uh, is uh, his first time on the podcast uh, checking his Amazon wish list to see if a horny guy bought him cat ears. It's Liam. Yeah, I uh, please the ones with the headphones. <laughs> oh yeah, those are cool. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you if oh, you yeah. you know, I do have an OnlyFans, so uh, if you just want to <laughs> yeah. see tasteful nudes of me playing Warzone, hit me up. <laughs> yeah. hit me up. <laughs> if you want to buy Liam's bathwater, um, oh, which I gather is quite sense. a nice vintage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, finally aged. And- <laughs> yeah, finally aged uh, dip spit. <laughs> one one of those guys who bought a bathwater just got one with like a small turd in it. <laughs> and like, uh, special also- surprise. Yeah, we we also have uh, posing suggestively on Liam's van. It's Alex. Mm, that's right. I have been uploading British Rail safety videos to OnlyFans in an effort to catfish <laughs> horny men about learning uh, into learning about personal track safety. That's right. And a lot of those uh, British Rail videos are quite sexual already. That's right. The place of safety is defined as my. It just bussy. made me burp. Yeah, and having yeah. an erotic burp. It's Milo. <laughs> that's me. I love to burp erotically. Burping erotically at, at, at a whole range of safety videos. <laughs> Ask me about my third rail. So, um, <laughs> we have we have invited the Well There's Your Problem people on to our podcast without slides, our slideless podcast. Which never has a problem. Yeah. So if you guys are here nice. looking for a problem that we might be having, don't, because <laughs> there isn't one. Yeah. <laughs> That's no. on the YouTube. Step one, step one of every coup sees the radio transmitters. Hello and welcome <laughs> to Well, There's Your Problem. <laughs> Live from Uganda. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we, are, we are here talking about one of my favorite things to Rwanda, think about. Sorry. Uh, we are talking about SpaceX. Yeah. Uh, Elon Musk's Bro. ludicrous, Bro. ludicrous mm. concept to uh, try to um, create a human colony on Mars. Uh, mm. That will, you know, have streets named after his favorite Adult Swim shows, and yep. also uh, privatize a bunch of public money. Wouldn't you know it? Mm. That seems to be what's going on. Say, hey, meet me so- on the corner of Rick and Morty streets. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to make that exact same joke, only it was going to be the location of the child market. <laughs> uh, and we will get there. Uh, so I want to go through a little bit of the history of SpaceX. It's a private company. Well, first of uh, all, was- are you familiar with emeralds, Mr. Chopper? <laughs> <laughs> Join uh, me in my emerald mine. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, that is what he said. Yeah. Uh, so SpaceX was founded in 2001 after Elon Musk had already been a billionaire. Oh, I didn't realize it was that long ago. Well, yeah. I you were going to say was- after Elon Musk did 9-11. He did. Oh, <laughs> he did. He was our one collaborator money. as the Jewish people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you, not basically, Elon Musk made a lot of money off of uh, some nine eleven stuff, and then uh, he did not. He was sure every airline got uh, he, on the He day. made a lot. Of, he, uh, that's right. just the plot of billions. <laughs> All I'm saying is that Elon Musk got an email telling also. him not to go to work that day. It, it, yeah, uh, you just you just stock the World Trade Center full of competing emeralds. So what happened was he had this idea to make a greenhouse on Mars mm-hmm. in 2001 to like test to see if certain things could grow on Martian soil. 2001, a space and that greenhouse. that has sprawled into uh, this company that now conducts the majority of U.S. space launches. Hmm. Uh, he stated in a 2001 interview that he hoped to send Mar- humans to Mars surface within 10 to 20 years. So we're beginning to get into the threshold of when he wants to start doing manned missions to Mars. Mm-hmm. And in late 2012... Mm-hmm. He stated he envisioned a Mars colony uh, of at least sort of like sort of small city size, so thousands. And we should say, uh, th- first up, yeah. this is bullshit, right? Yeah, bullshit. Complete horseshit. Yeah. yeah. Obviously. Like, to get to Mars in a manned spacecraft is going to take you a good, what, two years anyway? 
Well, is it that long? I well, thought it was like six months. It's that there. It's it's possible. It depends what time in a twenty-six month window you launch in. Right, Mars right, and right, Earth right, right. Oh, the closer. pork chop graphs. We love to play yeah. uh, Kerbal Space Program, don't we, folks? So but mm. basically, uh, the pork chop graphs released by the British Pork Chop Association. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, a mound of pork chop. Genuinely, what they're called because it looks like mm. you, you graph out this window and it looks like a big pork chop. You spent uh, two so, years in a closet. To, in a, on a spaceship in order to get to just a, a version of Fort McMurray, but shittier. Weirder accents. Previously thought unthinkable. <laughs> uh, indeed. So uh, basically, right, this, that's the sort of the long and short of this, of this company. Uh, it conducts a lot of rocket launches, but all of its marketing, and it spills the U.S. government a lot of money, but all of its marketing is about uh, colonizing Mars and turning humanity into interplanetary mm. species. Being so, epic, things of that nature. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about... Turning like, yourself into a pickle, I that wanna, kind of thing. <laughs> I want to talk about what SpaceX is trying to do first on its own terms. Uh, so he says, our goal is to get is to get to Mars and ensure... So number one, ludicrous. Won't happen, ever. No. Uh, and ensure the basic infrastructure for propellant production and survival is in place. And every time I've, I've been reading a lot about this today and, and previous days as well, where it's like he keeps saying, well, yeah, of course, we'll need to ha make sure that there's um, uh, uh, infrastructure for uh, fuel production on Mars. When oh, yeah, the fossil fuels land. on Mars when mm. there's never been it's not methane. <laughs> It, but, oh, okay. the, but the idea, but, but it just—he seems to be talking it's like so. To, one ex insanely dangerous, unprecedented thing of go to Mars and provide like human habitation there, and then the first thing that you're going to do is a thing that we can barely do safely on Earth: set up a natural gas refinery. Yes, I, in Mars. Oh, mm. oh no! I, I thought it was pretty smart. The first thing he was going to try and do is strike oil, right? <laughs> I would also do the same thing. Welcome yeah. to Space Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Red John. Uh, yeah. So basically, he said, so his whole thing, right, is talking about this stuff that is like talking about this stuff as though it's even reasonable. Like, well, yeah, of course we're going to set up a, a fuel manufactory on Mars, obviously. Well, like, one yeah. of the things about Elon Musk, perhaps the thing about Elon Musk, is that when you're rich enough, it becomes illegal to laugh at you. Yeah. And, like, he, yeah. he, he will do his best to make that happen. Most notably, uh, uh, Vernon Unsworth, that British diver who, like, <laughs> when Elon Musk tried to invent a rigid mm. submersible to rescue some children from a cave, was like, no, that's stupid. It's not going to work. And Elon Musk called him a pedophile. Yeah. And when he got sued, yeah. Elon won. It, yeah, is like, it is illegal to laugh at rich people. And Elon <laughs> when Musk I said he was a pedophile, I meant that person. figuratively. So, uh, Go, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, like the, the, the basic idea of uh, we're going to like try and do fuel production on Mars is like predicated on a there's there some like fuel rumors on Mars. that there's some there, there's some data that indicates there might be methane on Mars or there might not be. If there was previously life on Imagine Mars. Imagine getting to Mars and finding out that there's not. Putting <laughs> <laughs> uh, your head in your hands. Just yeah. like You're going to have to make a lot of potato vodka to go in the engine, my friends. <laughs> it's like, well, guess I live here now. If you don't find methane and you don't strike oil, which, you know, if there was life on Mars, then there's probably oil on Mars. And, you know, it's a good time for the U.S. to invade. Uh, <laughs> um, if, if you don't have that, then your only option is to send enough people there that they can create, you know, enough poo gas to refine into space rocket fuel. And, oh. and, and the literally thing, powered by bullshit. And, and the other thing <laughs> the is, right? Sex return flight. He he does not. He is when he talks about what the sp the starships because they're called the SpaceX starships <sighs> are going to be that make. Mm. They, they, he says they're going to carry one to two hundred people per flight between Earth and Mars, uh, right. where they'll launch uh, hundreds in that sort of little window where you can, mm -hmm. and that the ships might ne eventually need to be big enough to contain everything from iron foundries to pizza places. Oh, awesome. Cool. I am soy-facing as I leave Earth. I'm pretty sure you want a burrito place to maximize the poo gas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beans. Th these MFs eat in beans because otherwise they will die on Mars. <laughs> so, the, again, it's like, yeah, we're going to put a pizza joint on the ship. Cool. Yeah, like, surely you would assemble the pizza joint once you got there. Surely you wouldn't put a whole pizza joint on the ship. That seems like a r ridiculous waste of space. I'm not a scientist. 
It is a Lego ass idea. I will just move this Lego <laughs> pizza set into yeah. my spaceship. However, Italian Elon Musk will have a field day. I think he needs so, to talk to the IKEA guys, figure out how to collapse this into a sort of flat pack pizza place. <laughs> the, the new IKEA more love love with my love with my fascist boys collaborate. <laughs> he, uh, he he said that mm. the trip would be quote fun and exciting and never boring or cramped. Oh, I don't like it. Would that. Be, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. be boring. <laughs> it won't be boring or cramped, and you certainly won't die. <laughs> so don't even Google that. <laughs> that because that's not going to happen. That's not on the list of things. There would on the ship there would be zero G games, movies, a restaurant. It'll be really fun to make the trip, and you're going to have a great time. He's a nine year old. Y- you could spend multiple years of your life in a totally hermetically sealed environment controlled and devised by Elon Musk. Doesn't that sound fun? Mm. I think everybody who wants this, everybody who wants this should get it. You should be able to go on Starship Soyface mm. because like we're better off without those people. We can just put them yeah. on a fucking course to the sun, you know. For that whole 2 years you get to play the original Dead or Alive Dreamcast where the titties are bigger. Oh yeah, <laughs> Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. Oh yeah, oh, with yeah. the patches, baby. <laughs> what if I want to play a one G game? Am I just shit out of luck? Oh yeah, fully. You can, you can play. You can play such fun zero G games as sustained bone loss, <laughs> ah. permanent muscle atrophy, season no six November. of the show bones. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, basically being dead because uh, he. All of these problems about like what actually life might be like in, in microgravity, what the like sol- what effect solar radiation is going to have on you, all of these things that serious critics of this project have brought up, Elon Musk says he assumes won't be a problem. Oh, good. Oh, well, shit. All right. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Well, I assume that won't be a problem is a powerful energy. As much as uh, as much as our like manned space flight ambitions have shrunk, this is one of the things that the International Space Station, and I, I realize I'm setting myself up for many jokes here by even mentioning it, is very <laughs> good at, is like providing data on what it's like for people to live in space for prolonged periods. But fuck all that government shit. They won't yeah. put Rick and Morty on the International National Space Station. Hey, hey, Alice. Uh, what happens when you live in space for a while? Uh, you you actually lose a few inches of height. Uh, a lot of your bone density. Uh, you get like muscle atrophy. Your eyesight hmm. degenerates because your eye, the the blood vessels in your eyes, um, aren't really meant to like not have a certain amount of gravity acting on them, and so you get macular hmm. degeneration. Uh, it, it's a fun I, I, time. I love to show up on yeah. Mars with a bunch of people with weak bones, no muscles, and like a partially blind. It, it while does we kind of like... to dig methane from the frozen crust <laughs> of the red planet. <laughs> this seems like a fantastic idea that won't lead to us all immediately dying. That's why you got to pump iron constantly. And that's just low Earth oh, orbit, cool. which is like you're just dipping your toe in the shallow end of the pool. If you're going out between planets, if you fuck up the radiation shielding, you just get a ship full of people dying of cancer showing up <laughs> to have to dig the fucking methane cool. wells. Oh, hey guys! <laughs> just, you just, the ramp comes I'll down, a bunch of skeletons <laughs> fall out. An extremely dark series of fucking Breaking Bad. <laughs> so, hey, you were worried that, about it being cramped. If everyone's skeletons, mm. there's tons of room. <laughs> the yeah. next t-shirt is fully, <laughs> fully a SpaceX ship just opening the ramp with a bunch of skeletons falling out. So here's the thing, right? That's just the dangers of going there. It, let's say, let's hand wave all that away. You mm. get to Mars. Yeah, we assume that'll you, be fine. Yeah, oh, good, we're starting now. And, and you start the an actual city with you know methane production somehow, mm. and it's time to procreate. <laughs> I love that procreate. None of these people fuck. This is a problem they haven't considered. I mean, it's either it's either a bunch of nerds or it's a bunch of like Fort Fort McMurray roughneck types. Uh, there's no girls there. There's just not going to no. be any girls there. Nope. <laughs> All the chewing tobacco you can handle, though. Thank God. <laughs> oh, imagine <laughs> the murder rate is ninety nine out of a thousand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's doing heroin to deal with all the slip discs they're getting from drilling wells all day. But here's the here's the thing. Think right? how far I could we- spit 
my Bachar now. <laughs> just, I would say, just yeah, off the world. Yeah, that would be tight. I would stow away in the Elon Musk VC disaster extravaganza if for no other mm. reason that I could beat my PR of dip spit. Distance. What is your yes. PR of dip spit? This it's it's at least fifteen feet. Uh, this is this is becoming you know this is becoming say. well. There's your problem. I'm pulling it back on track. <laughs> you want to um, make money in a Mars yeah. uh, fracking rush? Uh, sell tobacco. Indeed. <laughs> uh, so basically, here's the thing, though. All of that stuff that's just completely beyond even credibility because it's just obviously ludicrous and hasn't been thought through. Mm. That is. I don't think even Musk believes that, or maybe he does. It doesn't really matter because that's just the public story of SpaceX that justifies its real point why it actually exists. Um, Ruthless privatization of all that exists. Precisely. And I'm not even talking about Mars Mm. at this point. I'm talking about SpaceX is relentlessly privatizing things on and near Earth. The, Um, the, the, The resupply flights to the ISS... Mm-hmm. Uh, because NASA was so defunded that they had to rely on the Russians to do it, and now we've had the first successful private resupply flight from SpaceX. Uh, mm. Alice, you know how much that contract was worth? Oh, a lot. $1.6 billion for the Amazing. resupplies mm-hmm. of uh, I, the ISS. I love it when the Americans are like, yeah, we don't really have enough money to do space flights. We'll have to get the Russians to do them. Oh, yeah, the Russians a famously rich people. A government that is famously like rich with lucre. The Russian government. A government that definitely doesn't have 90% of its money stolen on a daily basis. <laughs> the, the way that this worked was they used uh, the Soyuz rockets, which is genuinely like, it's like going to space in like... Uh, an Nevada? old Nissan Altima, right? Like it Nevada. works. It's yeah, yeah. it works. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. gonna get you there. It's gonna get you yeah. back. Good heater, no air conditioning. Off of it, <laughs> rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, the thing we know about the Soyuz is it's Nirushimi, which is good news, really. That's, that's, so, um, <laughs> better than the Challenger. That's so, right. <laughs> so what? Uh, what? What? Musk said. He says, "I'm an. Inc- I'm incredibly grateful to NASA for supporting SpaceX. I'm NASA's biggest fan because it's his biggest." <laughs> Because I'm a fucking nerd. Yeah, Yeah. also because the contracts at NASA are what keep this company like actually making money. Yeah, it's the actual Mm. business that they actually do. Yeah. Well, it's it's so insulting and so funny to have like fucking Nosferatu swing his cloak over you, and as he's draining your blood, be like, "I'm a huge fan of yours. I think you're epic, (laughs) actually." So, uh, mm. do you want to be a pickle too? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, other. Other other projects that NASA is doing jointly with SpaceX include uh, 135 million for design and development of a variation of the Starship second stage vehicle. So, by the way, NASA is now paying him to design his own ships as well. They cool. call it the Homer, um, the car for the average man. <laughs> yeah, uh, and they also have been awarded another sort of ten, tens of millions to just like conduct flight demonstrations of transferring cry- cryogenic propellant between the tanks of a Starship vehicle. Awesome. So basically, it went from the, the story being, Elon Musk is going to make humanity an interplanetary species make by- Make space great again, as I saw on a t-shirt <laughs> once. Uh, well, oh the, the story was that he was going to use his- that he made his billions from PayPal, he then- and then he wanted to make, make the- turn those billions- into uh, spa- into space exploration, but Im- what actually imagine he using did- PayPal and being like, "I'd love to go to space for a company that ran built an interface this good. <laughs> like, I'd love this customer service experience, but on fucking Mars." Uh, but uh, but then the actual story has been essentially privatizing uh, space launches. Now he didn't; they didn't know that in two thousand one, but they put themselves in a position that when NASA was being like rapidly defunded over the last few years that hmm. they and Blue Origin and another couple of smaller companies were there to begin basically bidding on those contracts. Mm. And Blue and Origin make dick pills. Uh, no. <laughs> also don't forget the other side Blue of their business. Origin. Which, which is the unmanned <laughs> side in which Elon Musk hard space flight. In which Elon Musk managed to destroy the science of astronomy on Earth. By, oh, indeed. Uh, he he launched or is launching uh, a series of like uh, very small satellites that will fly in a grid pattern that make Earth, Earth telescopes totally fucking unusable from Ooh, light pollution. Amazing. Just too many. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he and he just did it. Yeah, he just uh, he just drew a big did. grid square over every uh, every astronomical observatory on the planet. 
He is, he's essentially, <laughs> he, is, he is essentially and if Mr. that's the case, I'm going to fucking piracy. I'm going out yep. there with a net. Yep. yep. So I was just starting a pirate about. radio station in space. Get a harpoon a CubeSat. <laughs> this is mine now. Is, this is mine now. Join me in low Earth orbit. <laughs> now there are there are serious concerns as well that these basically him just. I don't know, doubling the number of satellites in low Earth orbit all mm-hmm. at once. Cool. Uh, yeah. going the Kessler cause... what drum? <laughs> probably yeah, it's going to cause an enormous amount of, of problems with space junk that are just going to keep hitting one another, other things, spaceships, all those spaceships he wants to launch. So this is an enormous problem. Um, the what satellites, are all the satellites even doing? Uh, they're to give, um, they're to give internet satellite internet to people. Which is uh, very oh. funny because if the Kessler syndrome does kick in, no more internet. <laughs> <laughs> no more GPS. Uh, no more. No more manned spaceflight. Yeah, it's all. It's all cables. cables. We're bringing back the Great Eastern. Oh <laughs> hell yeah! <laughs> um, so uh, here's here's something else. Uh, all of NASA's research, historically, in addition to being publicly funded, you could access details of it through freedom of information requests and. Much of their research, because it's publicly funded, is also made public. Not mm. so for SpaceX. Yeah, you can't employ a SpaceX and be like, yo, yeah. you see any hot aliens up there? <laughs> but what that also means is that SpaceX is, is basically, is ba- in, in privatizing the actual activity, pocketing mm. the profit, uh, po- pocketing a tidy profit from doing so, mm. has made going to space much more expensive, and additionally... Um, oh, much more epic, obviously. Yeah. But additionally, much, does that? much more, much more opaque. You can mm. no longer understand, say, what the risks are to like a group of people flying into a spaceship uh, in, uh, to wherever. You, know, you cannot understand those risks, and they cannot be monitored. They are free of democratic you, accountability. You know, you know what the phrase "We come in peace for all mankind" was missing was the profit motive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of yeah, peace, we come in peace for all mankind, and we're rock hard because we've been taking Blue Origin. <laughs> uh, here's the, Alice. You said uh, you you said we come in peace. NASA's not the only uh, uh, U.S. government defense, agency. Baby, I can't believe they're gonna let him put a fucking Ow. Rick and Morty decal on the X thirty seven. So uh, there also is a partnership between SpaceX and Space Force. That's right. Oh, amazing. Space Force, that thing that was designed so Donald Trump could have a branch of the army he said he invented, yeah. that is going to be here forever because there's no fucking way Biden's getting rid of it. Mm. Um, SpaceX is now taking money from them to launch a bunch of GPS satellites for the U.S. Space Force. Yeah, so, you know. Um, Why would the Space Force need GPS satellites? They're in space. GPS works on the ground. Yeah, it's not a spatial positioning system, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you should tell them. Yeah, you know where you are in space by looking at the sun. True. Right. Yeah. Literally true. Soviet spacecraft it. had a window that you had to do that with. They just had a big like gun sight that you had to aim at the sun. It was cool. Yeah, really impressive that the dogs could do that. It's a monument that, that Soviets could figure out something that simple and reliable, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As it po- yeah, Is as the sun going to just- stop shining? No. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, J- Justin, before we move on, <laughs> but how does it work at night? <laughs> Justin, Justin, before we move on, um, I wanted I want you to just tell me how reasonable the plan as well of building a thousand spaceships at a rate of a hundred a year over the next ten years in southern Texas, and then flying them all to and from Mars. While, refu- while fueling and refueling them in low Earth orbit while they're waiting to go is. <laughs> Easy money. Uh, oh, boy. Um, that sounds a little bit difficult to me. Um, I, 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 I don't want to say it's impossible because the secret of SpaceX is that Elon Musk doesn't actually control the company. Like, vaguely competent people are making the decisions and are in charge. But... Uh, that's a tall order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the interesting thing to me about about SpaceX is that it seems like it's much less. It seems sort of mu- uh, well, it's it's a, its problems are less in like building re- like reusable rocket boosters that work because they have done that, but rather in just mm. the whole concept. You know, they, they are executing they are executing at each step, sort of in some cases relatively well. A completely bizarre and flawed concept. 
on its own terms. It's yeah. still a successful private like, It's like hiring a bunch the, of the world's greatest engineers and being like, I want you to build a sentient bathtub. And they're yes. like, okay, but I mean, like, we can try. <laughs> but why? I why? Why? need to uh, lean into a pickle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, like, bear in mind, right, the manned low-Earth orbit infrastructure we have right now is the International Space Station, which we used for, like, studying how quickly your eyes fall apart from living in space. And what yeah. we want to do is, again, turn that into that famous famously not dangerous thing, an oil refinery. Yeah, yes. bury me with my golden eye. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to move on a little bit uh, to what how he believes society will be on oh, Mars. Boy. Awesome. Thank Ooh. you. Thank you, Elon, for what Sweet we're about Jesus. to, for the, for the gifts we are about to receive. So <laughs> he's, he's basically said, look, I don't have a blue, I don't have much of a blueprint necessarily for the specific. Mm. I'm kind of playing this by ear. It's the thing <laughs> yeah. that you want to hear before the, like the fucking hatch seals behind you. <laughs> All right, guys, figure <laughs> it out. You ready for the epic bacon time? As just a stabilizer falls the fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. As you're getting onto the ship, everyone has a book pressed into their palm and no one's paying attention. Then just as the ship blasts off, everyone looks and it's just a copy of Lord of the Flies. <laughs> what? So this was your Admiralty plan? Law. I just found out about <laughs> it. Just lifting off and I see the flag floating in zero yeah. gravity and it's got like fucking fringes on it. The flag, oh, no. That flag and- just says... Man's inhumanity to man. <laughs> Andrew Law's brother, Admiralty Law. Yeah, so why is the first structure that we have to construct on the moon an enormous statue of Elon Musk that is immediately going to fall off at the knees? So um, mm. how, what he says, basically, is that he expects, quote, a bottom-up emergent order uh, to be okay. the uh, Civilization of bottoms, got it. All right, all right, communism, great, we're good. Space communism, let's go. <laughs> what he means by bottom-up emergent order is that a combat because he imagines that yes, there will be a lot it's of space. He, he's imagining Reddit. He's imagining you're going to yeah. get upvotes on uh, fucking uh, like uh, no, Alice. Alice, uh, yes, he does think that, but that comes later on in the notes. But so yes, that is something that's correct. Top down. Uh, well, actually, Justin, that's basically exactly right because when he says bottom-up emergent order, he basically thinks that a spunt. A society will occur spontaneously based on the preferences of the individuals, corporations, religions, and governments who send different delegations to his space theme park. Oh, okay, and that, that won't end badly at all. all right, Famously, the foundation of civilization was a smooth process. Yeah, ju- just doing some entryism and trying to send a massive communist <laughs> delegation to the moon or Mars. It'd yeah. be really funny if they ended up with space Venezuela by mistake. And it just, like, immediately is refusing to play diplomatic ball with Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? Send more guys up? They got space yeah. DSA. Yeah, space DSA just still sits there. Like mm-hmm. we're we're gonna do something eventually. Just everybody, <laughs> just everybody, hold on to your space hats. We'll get there. Mm. So M- Musk has basically said that he's comparing this to the fledgling United States in the late 18th oh, century. So slavery, slavery. Yeah, right, yeah, great. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, slavery. Also, anything. if we find uh, life on uh, Mars, uh, we're gonna uh, genocide it. The war of Earth and aggression. <laughs> does he think about anything he says before he says it? Like, does My he ever like? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like the 19th century in the U.S. Well, t- time to never Google that. Grams. <laughs> Was it good in the U.S. in the 19th century? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what it's going to be like. Um. Yeah. Just. And but because well, also the idea of the U.S. in the 19th century was just free real estate. It was just manifest destiny. It was just all of the problems of Europe. All those contradictions can just be. Exported. You just kick yeah. them yeah. down the road, and boomer sooner, baby. Boomer sooner, baby. Two hundred years later, everything is fine. I'm sorry. Yeah. Have you been to the moon, Alice? That's true. Mm. I have mm. not been to the moon. No. And, and so the I, the I, when but he says have they. when he says bottom up emergent order, he basically just assumes that everyone's going to decide to ba- live in the um uh, uh, uh live live as the early United States. Now, what he says going to be Westworld is he says that he compares it to this um the fledgling U.S. Just a cowboy um, hat over an astronaut suit and cool. and <laughs> and says when the United States was formed, representative government was the only thing that was logistically feasible. There was no way for people to communicate instantly. A lot of people didn't even have access to mailboxes, and the post office was primitive. A lot of people couldn't write. So you had to have some form of representative democracy, or things just wouldn't work at all. Uh, However, on rebellion, Mars, motherfucker, on, Space on Texas Mars, Rangers, yeah. on Mars, <laughs> oh, I want that, that job actually. 
<laughs> people will have more access to education and technology. Um, oh yeah, Mars University yeah, that we will have already built before the civilization exists. Well, Robot he says that, house. <laughs> <laughs> so he says he says he assumes everyone will vote on every issue, and that's how it goes. Oh, like ancient Athens, a civilization which I've not googled but has survived to the present day. <laughs> well, all like Switzerland now, another famously healthy country. Yeah, like ancient Athens basically entirely collapsed because of its like sclerotic system of running a government. But what if you did that where the entire environment kills you yeah, all the time? But also, it's going to be pickle. like fucking Appenzell. Everybody's Catholic. We all mm. take our halberds, march to the town square, and vote against giving Muslim citizenship once a year. It's perfect. Uh, yeah. So yeah. there, if he says the laws have to be short. Something suspicious is going on if there are long laws. Wait, so it's Twitter. What? <laughs> the rules has to be no nuance in the Mars laws. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he's he's basically talking about colonia dignidad. Yeah. More or less. He he basically because you know uh, no child slavery. Sorry, too long. Too long law. <laughs> Imagine like trying to do trying to do like progressive politics, but with really short laws and just being like. There are four genders. That's how many you can have. That's the compromise. <laughs> That's just Joe Biden. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. At least three. Oh, I don't know, Mac. Uh, yeah, there's just four, three or four. There was a, a criticism of the uh, Affordable Care Act when it was launched. That was the big one. Was that the bill was just too damn long, and we did the oh, highway yeah. bill in twenty pages. And I remember that particularly pissed off my dad uh, for whatever insane reason. And he goes, "I'll do it in one fucking sentence: The United States of America hereby enacts universal health care and empowers health- Secretary of Health and Human Services to implement the same." Done. Fuck it. Write it. <laughs> <laughs> so the the thing when when he says short laws, right? What he actually means is because uh, what w- law ex- I mean in in as we're thinking about it and as mm. it exists sort of most of the time, uh, law tends to exist tends to exist to like control the behavior of more powerful people to less th- th- to keep them from dominating the less. Uh, I, I'm not having now, that jurisprudence fight with you, but okay. <laughs> yeah. sure, but, but it, it, for what we're talking about, right? When he says short laws, he means that he wants more the more ability to have like child slaves or more mm. ability to just have people work things out based on what they want. But equally, what's sort of always hidden in there is have people work things out based on what they can pull off. I don't see why people can't work out their differences in a sort of octagon. Yeah. I, and the thing <laughs> is, right, I, 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 love, I love to, like, refuse to close down my soft play area because mm. of the Mars Magna Carta. <laughs> and, and the thing is, right, it's, I, I know that, the like, Mars Carta. If, if you're a materialist also, you don't necessarily believe that laws are, that's, that, that's what laws are for, right? And I don't, I don't necessarily think they are that either, but I can tell that's what he means. But that's the PR cell for laws. Yeah. That's what laws are supposed to be for. And, and, but I, you can also tell what, that's really what he means, which is that we're going to have a version of Earth where you, know, you can, you can, you know, I can give ride child my ATV around this national park. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this Moon <laughs> National Park. Yeah. Redstone National Park. This so, is, uh, he's, the, so go ahead. The part which is confusing me here is that, okay, if you're trying to compare this to the 19th century United States, right, you know, that was an economy that was entirely fueled by land grants, you know, and the government would just give people land or sell it to them very cheap, or if you were a railroad, they would just give you anything you wanted, right, as long as you built the damn railroad. And, you know, one of the things that made that land valuable, you know, obviously, once you kick the Native Americans off the land, um, is... You know, you could farm it relatively easily and not not without like a huge capital outlay, right? If you're looking at Mars, sure, it's a lot of free land and it's all shit. <laughs> it, 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 Look, it's, if Matt Damon, who is just an actor, was <laughs> able to grow potatoes on Mars, I'm pretty <laughs> confident that people who've watched Mick, Rick and Morty three times will be able to figure it out. Well, it's just like, it, I think that's, that's, that's quite true, uh, Justin, right? There is, there is no reason to go, there is no pull factor to go to Mars other than... Um, Can't fuck on Earth. Yeah. Th- thinking but, the end of Total Recall is cool. People yeah, don't yeah. farm yeah. like Siberia mm-hmm. and the Canadian Shield. Why would they mm. try and figure out how to farm on Mars? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, again, you always... The, and also, like, how are you going to do land grants and stuff if it takes, like, trillions of dollars in order to create one house? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. How are you going to do land grants where you can't go outside? Yeah, no. All, all you have to do is like you you by necessity you're forced into building just a larger and larger arcology, which uh, is is cool if you want to be king of that arcology. 
Uh, like, for instance, is- if you're Elon Musk or Elon Musk's largest and most mm-hmm. South African uh, security guy, but like, yeah. if you don't want to live in Jerk Vanderklerkville, Mars, then <laughs> go fuck yourself. Jerk Vandermars, hello. Um, well, this is the thing I always say about the whole, like, oh, we're going to survive, like, climate change or whatever by building a colony on Mars. And I, like, again, I am not a scientist. I'm a guy who tweets about my balls, okay? <laughs> but the thing that always strikes me is, like, hey, if you're going to live in a fucking biodome because Mars isn't a fundamentally uninhabitable planet, why not just live in a biodome on Earth? Like, even even a climate change fucked Earth is still substantially more habitable than fucking yeah, Mars. We know where yeah. the water on it is, for one thing. Yeah. For now. So here's the thing. For uh, now. You, 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 got, you all want to hear about what he thinks the cities are going to be like? Oh, yes. God. Oh, boy. Here we go. He says, initially, Mm. glass panes with carbon fiber frames to build geodesic domes on the surface, plus a lot of mining and tunneling droids. With Uh, the latter, droids. That's good. You can build it. Yeah, droids. So there, oh, Mm. there are going to be droids in this. Of course. Yeah. Of course there are. I forgot. And and the droids will be Elon's slaves, but like in a woke way. Uh, with the latter, you can build. Yeah, he wrote that article in the Atlantic. <laughs> when we say um, the droids, we mean children. <laughs> with the latter, <laughs> there's you can just bu- a kid in there in a quadcopter. <laughs> so Don't worry says, about with, that. <laughs> with the latter, you can build out a huge amount of pressurized space for industrial operations and leave the glass domes for green, open living space. I'm I love shipping- the free city so much. I'm shipping yeah. mm. finished so- glass panes on a rocket ship to Mars. Both <laughs> incredibly heavy and incredibly delicate. Yeah, you know, we're going to put a bunch of glass on the rocket, or yeah. we'll just build a glass foundry on Mars. Yeah, you know, they've got a lot of on Mars no, is you, sand, you, you, so it's fine. put it's it fine. on the side like those glass trucks, you know, at the big angle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's also, it just it seems like that might break. Nah. nah. It's going to be safety right. loss. You get the Gorilla okay. Glass, well, like the uh, iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or like the Tesla Cybertruck. Last time Elon Musk tried to make oh, yeah. a bakeable glass, it was fine. Look, <laughs> yeah. That's why it's a prototype. <laughs> so fucking stupid. <laughs> also, why, why glo- what do you need to see that badly? It's, a red, it's a red-brown desert, man. Haven't you ever played Doom? There's demons on Mars, Alice. Play Doom. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, you got to see the demons coming. Uh, so, if you want to know what the vibe of the city is going to be like, Musk said yes, it would have an outdoorsy and fun. Wait, atmosphere. wait, no, it would no. be indoors. It would be entirely indoors. It literally has the least outdoorsy atmosphere of any city. It has a less no, outdoorsy no, atmosphere no, than fucking go. Pripyat. Like that is that is the <laughs> level of outdoorsiness that I'm feeling from this Mars biodome. Would you like me to describe what I believe the vibe of this city will be in a single drop? <laughs> Please. Yes. Pedophilia. <laughs> so, um, my, uh, that's a better vibe, to be honest, than like some vibes <laughs> I was thinking in my head. Musk. Musk, uh, Musk then said to Popular Mechanics in 2019, you'd probably want to have some kind of faceted glass dome with a park so you can walk around without a spacesuit on. I yeah. too have played Surviving Mars, but like, unlike Elon Musk, Popular Mechanics does not print every bullshit thing I say. He's clearly just riffing. <laughs> one, of, yeah. one of these things is, is, is like, a, one of the problems with glass domes, or like a basic skylight, is that it fucking leaks on it. <laughs> It leaks constantly. Like every skylight leaks all the time. And that's with regard to water. With regard to air, holy shit. Especially when there's like no pressure on the outside. Oh, your glass dome may as well just be like nothing. (laughs) Ned, uh, Roz, can you answer me a quick question? How well does glass protect against uh, radiation from, (laughs) say, for example, a star? Oh, uh, if it has lead in it very well. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, mm. but, but that also makes it heavier. Yeah. Also, everyone has to have uh, those uh, windows from like Elizabethan houses, so, like with the leaded glass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, very delicate. Again, there there is a technology that leaks relatively much less, shields against radiation relatively much better, and has been in in use for I want to say literally upwards of a decade. Called a wall. Um, <laughs> Mm. But we're not going to do that. We've got to have the dome. We've got to have the glass dome. That's the interesting one, is if you can like figure out how to make a big concrete dome on Mars, that implies you have limestone, which further implies you have oil, right? Which brings me back to mm. Fort McMurray on Mars, which is what <laughs> I, I think we should immediately start drilling for oil on Mars. Yes. <laughs> and here's the other thing, right? 
if let's say you do make the geodesic dome for your Mars park out yeah. of leaded glass, congratulations. Now you've created like a lead poisoned society on again. Your, uh, it really station. will be like the US in the 18th century. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's just going to be pissed and angry and violent and stupid. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and oh, then they'll America. go into the lead poisoning stage. Oh, America. Yeah, you know, so, um, you, you spend a long day at the uh, the, the uh, drilling oil wells, and you come back, you go to the Mars bar, you know. <laughs> Marketing tie-in, baby. Uh, yeah, so I literally started installing Surviving Mars again because of this podcast <laughs> so, now. Uh, Musk said, our goal is to get everyone there and ensure that basic infrastructure for propellant production and survival is already in place. And he compared, How will it already be in place before you get people well, there? Because you fly it all there, and then it's there waiting, and then the people land, and then they hold their breath when they go from Starship <laughs> to go get the other stuff. Just interviewing people with this mission, he's like, okay, how long can you hold your breath? Like, if you really had to, what's the longest? <laughs> could, you reckon you could do a month? <laughs> that's, that's kind of the minimum that we're working with here. So like, do they um, fly in, like, uh, northern New Jersey? Like, and just used robots to assemble it before I get mm. to Mars. I mean, I think that's, I mean, again, all of this might as well just be a nine-year-old boring you at the, at a, like a holiday dining table with their precocious won't shut up. Yeah. Theories. If that nine-year-old is listening, fuck you. You're nothing. <laughs> you don't understand chess. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, this is, this is being shown a detailed drawing by your like young nephew Who's like, and then we're going to fly in the, the dome over here, and people are going to live in caves underneath the dome, and there's going to be a hundred rocket ships a year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Except this guy it's is very so- very good Elon Musk impression. This guy is so rich that none of this, all, the fact that all of this is unreasonable doesn't matter, and you have to remember it's a PR exercise for his um, uh, like, uh, subsidy privatizing business. Awesome. Um, but that does, hasn't stopped him from including in a clause for, uh, for Starlink. Uh, in the um, in the like sort of legal uh, T's and C's for it says mm. for services provided on Mars or in transit to Mars via starship or other colonization spacecraft, the parties recognize Mars as a free planet that no Earth-based government has authority or sovereignty <laughs> yeah. over Martian Mr. activity. Mr. Chapo, are you aware of your responsibilities under Mars law? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the free hundiotic city of Mars. Um, you know, when I called it a free city, I was Mars. making a joke, but I didn't expect them to actually call it that. That's a little on the nose. So you can't sue me in Mars court. So accordingly, it doesn't exist. Disputes will be settled through self-governing principles established With in good faith. Less. It says, accordingly, disputes will be settled through self-governing principles established in good faith at the time of the Martian settlement. So basically, mm. just yeah, I just it's, again, it's the uh, yeah, fine. Everyone's just gonna figure it out. Uh, yeah, and whatever I they genuinely come up with, do fine. want them to go with trial by combat mm-hmm. because they may as yeah. well. If, if, if I can force that. my enemy out Just of the <laughs> airlock, then I get whatever the fuck I want. My choice like, of weapon again. is pickle conversion ray. <laughs> <laughs> and but don't the thing to remember here. Remember. All of this is completely no- is complete nonsense, but again, it's jingling keys to distract you from how much money he's taking from the government. Hmm. Specifically mm. NASA, which is like capable of doing interesting stuff, sometimes yeah. great stuff, um, mm. and is now just slowly being turned into a large, e- uh, like epic Rick and Morty themed billboard for well, Elon Musk. It's I- it's essentially it's essentially a procurement department. I hate it when I'm doing the space trial by combat and they invite me to pick my equipment so I pick the gun and then they turn to my opponent and goes, well, that means you get the space suit. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to shoot him once while you're holding your breath. Holding your breath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, pretty cer- I'm pretty certain I could shoot a guy in a spacesuit to death with a Glock if I'm holding my breath. You know? Oh my god, it doesn't work because there's no oxygen. <laughs> uh, you gotta get, oh, you gotta get one of those bizarro world uh, underwater guns the Soviets had. <laughs> Find out that like the USSR designed a gun for shooting a guy on Mars in 1975 for no reason. Oh yeah, but they were for use on Earth, weren't they? Can you imagine? Can you imagine orbiting the Earth, the most beautiful moment you've ever experienced, seeing the sort of trapped, the yes. pale, yeah, the pale mm. blue dot. Yeah, no, you can't. But uh, like <laughs> coming, coming back down into the vast Siberian wilderness, and then having to fight your way out, now being all of four foot ten. 
One of the <laughs> one of my use capsules nearly rolled off a cliff on landing, which is so funny. Awesome. Uh, so uh, anyway, I think I'm going to allow our 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 ludicrous Elon Musk Mars segment to draw to a close there because my goodness, is it just, it's, it doesn't stretch the bounds of credibility. It shatters. Yeah. Bring back the Soviet union and putting guns on stuff. They put a gun on a space station. Good. Yeah. Cool. Bring it back. The Soviet union handsome drop. They also uh, Um, had a vodka allowance on the, uh, on Mir. Oh shit. And a lot of the Russian astronauts are very mad that they can't drink vodka on Mm -hmm. the uh, international space station. I'd be mad oh. too. I'm in yeah. space. Yeah. Give me some free vodka. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be mad even if I wasn't Russian. <laughs> uh so I, I drawing our drawing our 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 musk our musk review mm. to a close there. Um I'm gonna change this uh, to a little reading. We haven't done a reading in a while. Yeah, mm. reading series. Um, yeah. and this article, oh my it was People, it was quite something. We, this is probably the most recommended an article has been to us. Yes. I, yeah. I and I, out of sheer pigheadedness. Yeah, out, thought, out of our desire to zag when everyone else zigs, we were like, we're like, not going to mm. do that, but no, it's it's yeah, too it's, powerful it's too for us. We have yeah. to. So, uh, without any further ado, uh, I present to you, published in The Guardian in partnership with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Oh, boy. Awesome. Oh, God. Child labor is exploitation, but... No. No, yeah. <laughs> let me just stop what, you there. But what if you call them droids instead? Pedophilia. <laughs> child labor is exploitation, but the household work I did as a child gave me life skills. It gave me the skills to do child labor, which were no longer applicable <laughs> yeah. because I grew out of being a child. <laughs> as an adult, I still do child labor. <laughs> um, so, uh, to begin, aged eight, Tayambile would walk with her mother every day to fetch water. On a two-kilometer return journey in 30-degree heat, she would carry 20 liters in an aluminium bucket on her head. She would then help pound maize into mortar that's and prepare food wild. to feed the family. That's a lot. Yeah. That's, that's, he- that's, yeah, that's heavy for an adult. Yeah. Like, that's that's yeah. Five, yeah. Get five gallons of what? 110 degrees or so? Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah, 90 oof. degrees. You double it at 30. Double it at 30, yeah. yeah. And take care of her baby sister. That young girl was me. Uh, who was? Uh? Western... Yeah, that's crazy, right? That young girl a... was Albert Einstein. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I'm reading ahead and they do it for tobacco farming. <laughs> oh. So, oh, oh, shit, my so, dad used to talk about working in the tobacco fields. Uh, so, it's a uh, weird place. She, she goes on, through a Western lens, some might view my experience as child labor, but to me, I was learning oh, life skills. It's imperialism it for us to be like, yo, that's kind of fucked up, actually. Here's the thing, right? This entire article operates on a a little bit of a sleight of hand, and we'll sort of get to what it is. But uh, she goes on. Six decades later, most people from from Malawi, the the, the country she's talking about and where it's from, uh, still live in rural areas. Many are involved in agriculture, including tobacco farming, so-called green gold from one of the world's poorest nations. Multinational companies make billions of dollars a year selling cigarettes, the tobacco is produced in tough conditions, much of it by children under 14. These practices are rightly considered exploitative and detrimental to children's futures. However, however, <laughs> however, Mr. Merkowitz needed the labor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, however, where do you draw the line between what is internationally deemed a crime and a natural process of skill transference? Is international oh concern. God. When they're 16. When they're 16, that's when you can do it. Skill yeah. transference. Yeah, you know, like you put in the wallet. Yeah. yeah the thing is, you oh, have to uh, do a lot of study to, like, uh, pick tobacco. So it's, like, obviously you need that long apprenticeship. It's like ballet, you know? If you start doing it at the age of 12, that's too late. You'll never be, you'll never go pro, you know? The Joe Swinson <laughs> tobacco farm for, for like, for underperforming children. You just get shit. If you get below a certain mark in the 11 plus, you get shipped to Malawi to learn to pick tobacco <laughs> to teach you some life lessons. So no, it wound um, up in Connecticut and Enfield. <laughs> so, uh, so some argue that child labor perpetuates. So not this person, it seems. That argue that child labor perpetuates poverty, unemployment, illiteracy, population growth, and other social problems. Yeah, so, wait, uh, population growth mm-hmm. is being talked about as a social problem. Interesting. Mm, uh, with fun. the exception of large organizations putting children to work, local context is everything. Now, I'm going to do a, di- a digression from the actual reading series here, and we're going to learn a little bit about where the author of this piece works. How many CIA. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, essentially. Um, so how many people are, are here are familiar with a company called Palladium? Oh, boy. <laughs> no, I'm not familiar. So Palladium is a uh, socially responsible investor and development firm uh, that mm. basically- uh, A what, mostly, sorry? A, a what investment firm? Uh, quote, unquote, socially responsible. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm. Uh, and it receives a great deal of grant money from USAID. So to your point, yes, the CIA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and is funded by several organizations, all of which are Philip Morris International wearing different hats. Yes! <laughs> oh, amazing. That's why they call him Philip Morris Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. So yeah. it's like... Philip Morris International, and then Partnership for a Smoke-Free Future, which is just an NGO started by Philip Morris International, yes. and so on and so on. That's the cynical shit that I missed. We haven't done a reading series in a while, but like the the idea of a, a tobacco company NGO called the Smoke-Free Future is that's the level of evil I've been missing in my life. The good news is the tobacco industry. They're just like mm. it's it's incredible, like how nakedly evil. They they could be. I wish I yes. could be that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. These e are my people. Even, even the weapons industry, even the defense industry, they seem to have some shame. They at least hide. Mm. The tobacco industry, they don't give a fuck and it rules. I will yeah. say that uh, of, of all of my favorite thing about Philip Morris International is that they're legally in New York, but they don't operate within the United States because their old subsidiary, Philip Morris US, is now Altria. Uh, so they're headquartered. Oh, that's always good. They're headquartered, of course, in Switzerland, hmm. and oh. I don't have to feel bad because they don't make dip. <laughs> that's right. Also, uh, technically owns a bunch of M-Tracks locomotives for some reason. Yeah, don't worry awesome. about that though. <laughs> yeah, diversified, fine. baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, they they saw that they were smoking. We're like, maybe. <laughs> no, they're electric um, locomotives. Uh, <laughs> they saw a compressor fire, and they were like, hmm. Um, and so basically, right, like Palladium is in Malawi, like writes a lot very approvingly about the tobacco industry, mm. about how it's a an important cash crop. And the tobacco industry is also one of the largest employers of child labor in the country. Mm. Yeah. Like the child they employed to write this article. <laughs> so effectively, what what we're doing is we're saying the article is, hey, it's imperialism to try to say no, you shouldn't do child labor because what if kids help out around the house? Uh, our but traditional, Lyme. yeah, the, the the traditional indigenous folkways of Philip Morris. Yeah, yep. so basically well, what mm. she's saying is, yeah, it's imperialist to say it's child labor if the kid helps out around the house, being said by someone who is working effectively, not literally, but effectively as a lobbyist for one of the big companies that does the exploitative kind of child labor when she makes that distinction. Also, you're all getting arrested. Oh yeah, the cops are finally arriving. The Philip yeah. Morris sponsors the police <laughs> have arrived. No, I support them. I support them. I support the tobacco <laughs> industry. I'm morally yeah. bankrupt. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start again. I'm gonna start smoking again. I've been I'm smoking this whole time. I'm gonna start so dipping again. And I'll use a jewel, which is now at least partially owned by Altria, because when I'm smoking cigarettes, I don't always want the whatever tar, hmm. I guess. It's so yeah. cool that like tobacco companies have invested so heavily in vapes and smoking cessation yeah. and shit. And wine. Yeah, no, they are they are and like they're on the board of of Alec, the one of the really nefarious um American oh, legislative yeah, exchange yeah, yeah, council. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those those folks. They're on the board because of course they are. They have mm. a minority stake in AB and Bev. Like I nice. I listen, <laughs> listen, yeah. I feel I feel about Altria the same way I feel about the NCAA. Which is that if you're going to support like an evil enterprise, don't don't half-ass it. <laughs> the NCAA, full evil. Altria, full evil. The web, the defense industry is like, no, actually, you know, we make planes for people that aren't rocketing Iraqi children. I don't want none of that shit. Give me the cancer. Yeah. Give me everything. Give me child labor. Altria was found guilty of racketeering in 2006. That's the shit yeah. I nice. want. <laughs> it's remarkably like just balls out of the bath, isn't it? Like, yeah, Philip Morris, I'm, a, I'm an evil tobacco guy. I'm going to name the company after myself. Like, you never get like a BAE systems that's called like Dave's Drones. <laughs> so, I would respect that more. So uh, also uh, on the board of uh, Palladium. Uh, is uh, Julie Bishop, who's also on the board of Greensill. Huh. Oh, oh. Well, that's cool. <laughs> oh, a bit of child labor. There's never been a trouble with it. <laughs> Working at the money farm. Yeah, well, you just borrow the children so, and you financialize so, your child investment and then you never have to pay it back. <laughs> so here's, here's more of the article again. Children, 
The Farmers of Tomorrow. Oh, oh, oh no. my God. No. Future Farmers of America. No. How could you? Yeah. Could have been written any time from like 1619 through to present. Mm-hmm. I guess oh, I think from like 19 BC. Oh, also, to also true. So, so at, you, at least you could ride a tractor if you were in Future Farmers of America. <laughs> So, children, the farmers of tomorrow. You're disrespecting a future farmer. Yeah, they're, yeah, the they're, fucking, they're the fucking farmers of today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're literally farming. You're making them farm. Currently farming, yes. This MF farming. Children, the layers, the farmers of tomorrow play a crucial role in the rural economy. They learn skills by observation and participation in activities such as building houses, fishing, preparing food, harvesting tobacco for Philip Again, Morris. This is this is like mm. uh, we've we've what we've done is we've done a fun Duke of Edinburgh program that you have to do every day of your life. Or you will be shot. Yeah. 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 Uh, all essential for survival. These skills are transferred from elderly family members to children. Again, just a game of three-card Monty. It's, it's, I was once a child farmer. It's like so summer easy. camp, except it never ends. Well, it's the it is it is just a game of three-card Monty, where it's like, oh, you're going to criminalize helping out around the house? Well, it's just providing ideological cover for act for Philip Morris. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when Satcher closed child farms. <laughs> so, like, would um, my dad? Uh, when my dad mm-hmm. was a kid, he worked on the tobacco farms in um, in Enfield, Connecticut, right? And he would like threaten me when I misbehave. I'm going to send you up the tobacco farms up there. You're going to work for. Oh, we uh, could have been friends. Yeah, you go so, work for old man Morris. <laughs> like, you know these, these these tobacco farms aren't like producing tobacco for you know cigarettes or anything. They're not like mass production tobacco farms. Your Connecticut tobacco farms are like uh, <laughs> mostly for cigar wrapper material, right? So, you know, they can afford to pay people a little bit more. I imagine in the developing world, the conditions must be like a million times worse. And they are really locking kids in as opposed to like, ah, this is, you know, a summer job or whatever. Mm. Well, so if they, she goes on, she's saying in, in Africa, where many areas, so Africa, the country, uh, where many areas have no social security or services to support the vulnerable, families are responsible that for educating and training the next generation to become capable adults. Yeah, that's just regu- that's just folkways shit, you know? That's just yeah. that's just their culture. It's not something that's ever been like impacted by politics <laughs> or like colonial no, that's fine. I, I will say Roz, the 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 second page the second picture on the wiki page for Connecticut Shade Tobacco is the caption is field workers, all children at the Connecticut <laughs> Tobacco Farm, Gilder yeah. Sleep, Connecticut, 1917. Well, children are lower to the grounds. So they find it much easier. Yeah, it's way faster. Yeah, at least, yeah. also, at least in Connecticut, the tobacco is literally grown in the shade, which I suppose is a mercy. Yes. Hmm. Mm. So, um, so basically, she says, she says, yeah, over the last decade, there's been a significant shift towards localization, where experts and communities receiving aid can become much more involved in development rather than having values imposed from the West. Smoke like, no, my the values are table cigarettes. The values are yes. being imposed by Philip fucking Morris. Look, you give a child a fish, they'll eat for a day. You teach a child to pick tobacco, they'll work for Philip Morris for a lifetime. Well, it's, it's, it, you can almost tie that back to like Elon Musk's vision for uh, how law works on Mars. Which is oh you can't impose what if what if all the children actually prefer to work at the Philip Morris Martian tobacco field right yeah you Where you're imposing like, on our ancient Martian culture yeah or so you're impo- you're imposing on the the freedom of the of these ch- of these Just children Elon this Musk tobacco on farm. Mars like picking up the phone and being like actually I think it's quite imperialist of you to uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my you know, main concern with the Mars colony is that there's not going to be enough tobacco. <laughs> Everyone's gonna You're be doing like constantly on Mars. You get your niece like a Tamagotchi for Christmas, and you're like, "Hey, this is what the kids are into these days." And she's like, "Uh, stupid uncle, we all like picking tobacco now." <laughs> I work for Philip Morris. He's much cooler than you'll ever be. <laughs> um, so yeah, as it says, uh, involving parents enables them to make the right decisions. My advi- mm. my advice has always been that children should have the chance to go to school to play and act their own age. But we can't tell mothers and fathers how to parent or what to do with their own homes. We literally do that in our own country. If yeah. as a parent you don't send your child to school, you go to fucking jail because Kamala Harris puts you there. Like that's <laughs> yeah. like that's what happens. Also, again, like we can't tell mothers and fathers how to parent when what's happening is this the Western the Western countries, the Western companies 
the same ones that you're asking not to have like the any any of the like liberal liberal values of mm. you know like children should be in school for example you can't you can't have the values but you do have to go to work but you don't get yeah. to benefit from the values I but do, you do have to I, have I, I do like experience. the idea that milo is just giving them ideas for the next one of these articles and so the next Aww. one is just going to be oh so you think it's bad when kamala harris makes people take their children to school and yet you want to stop child laborers from doing the yeah. exact same thing interesting the Guardian's new article, Milo Edwards will not put down the lathe. Why? They do let you take your kid out of school to bring the harvest in in a lot of the United States. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. On the first day of deer season, baby. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Gotta but, keep uh, them down. But, yeah, but, mm. uh, but, but for the whole time and working for a large company... <laughs> then what use is an education to a child if the cost of that education is that the deer are allowed to gain supremacy? <laughs> it's so, a serious problem in central Pennsylvania and western Pennsylvania right now. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Mm. That's how I can tell this this Eurocentric nonsense. <laughs> I can yeah. tell. Hey man, I'm, I can tell. I'm in Scotland. I know about this shit. The reason why all of our glens look all bare and shit and look like the surface of the moon is deer, right? They used to be old growth forests. There I am in my GTI fucking pissing my pants in western and central Pennsylvania because if a deer hits me, I'm gonna die, Alice. Oh yeah. No, I get it. This anti-deer action. Yes. I have yeah, seen I, so, so many fucking deer recently, like just from just, and, this in is Jersey, and in yeah. Jersey, and in Jersey, where they're just fucking like, hey, asshole, you trying to go through the Pine Barrens? This is my house. And then you're being robbed by a group of deer on the roadside. Yeah. Everything's yeah. very you're confusing. You're in an of the Sopranos. They're basically terrorists. <laughs> so, like they suicide they bomb, except they, by running in front so of your car and just exploding. <laughs> We were on 95 one time. We were on 95 one time. And fucking the, like a Chevy Tahoe was ahead of Roz and I. And it just, the deer fucking like just it went right into it. I heard him shout, you know, there was no more hood of the Tahoe anymore. This is why the terrorists won. The terrorists won. Riley is never going to complain about losing control of a trash future episode right, ever right. again. After so, this. so. What is what? What I suppose needs to happen then is uh, the Pennsylvania. Se so what I've learned from this article is that the Pennsylvania Secret Service needs to go deploy to like all of the Pine Barrens and stuff. And this just was in Maryland. Start, like, it's out of our jurisdiction. <laughs> so, <laughs> nevertheless, nevertheless, um, I think that's probably a good as good a time as any to call it. Um, no, I so, want to talk more about deer. Hey, you know what? Do it. Do it on while there's your problem. Yeah. We run, run a tighter shit. Well, there yeah, you is. Talk your about problem. deer on your own time. Yeah. yeah, this is company time, Alice. Yeah. Disrespectful <laughs> of the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Riley. When I can, <laughs> That's exactly when I can right. leave this country again, I'll tell you mm. what. Yeah. In Pennsylvania, right. you actually get a day off school to beat up your dad. <laughs> you do. You do. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing. You get, and your uncle. You get, you get a day off school to do pranks on your... God, yeah. he needs to get fit again so he can prank his family while they're still alive. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they're mournfully pranking Phil Margera at his deathbed. <laughs> like just just wake him up in the middle of the night as he's dying of pancreatic cancer and just like slapping him around a bit well phil's in a wheelchair now and they're both in tears he's oh in a, wow yeah wow uh, yeah, one of the pranks went too far yeah, huh? it's really like uh, the entire margera family is really tragic uh in ways that we will talk about another time yeah so uh i want to say number one put in, uh, put in that chair by dear <laughs> thank you thank you very much to uh the entire cast of well there's your problem uh for being here today to discuss Things that strain the limits of possibility and indeed credulity. Um, yeah, I can, ha ha happy to be on this podcast as a guest. Yeah, happy to be yeah. returning uh, champion. Uh, happy returning two hundred air champion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I I'm thinking of the guy. I'm thinking of the guy who like. Uh, got pissed at the podcast and was like, I can't believe they let her on sometimes. So thank you for letting me on the podcast sometimes, yeah. guys. <laughs> hey, we, we love having you on. <laughs> Let's come back anytime. Yeah. Specifically, all of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and, and Justin and Liam, thanks a lot for coming on as well. Happy to, was, uh, happy really to ruin it. Time. Yes. Oh, yeah. speaking of ruining it. All right. So one thing Irish Catholic people in Philly have in common, and indeed the entire Northeast, is in fact beating up their dads. So like, <laughs> oh. this is, I actually want to tell a story. So I was talking okay. to my girlfriend, and then we can, you can't cut this. I'm the guest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you will be impolite. control of the microphone. Uh, yes, that's mine now. Uh, so I was Tell talking to 
uh, Crin, my girlfriend, about the one time her dad had like come into the family room as a kid to find his brother just beating up his dad. Like they were actually legit hand to hand fighting. And I asked my dad about this because his her dad's response was at some point all Irish Catholic boys have done this. And my dad, who was raised Catholic, I called him and I was like, Did you ever like beat up your dad? And he was like, Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody has done that at some point. He was just like, you know, eventually you start wow. hitting back. Uh <laughs> and I just like was was reminded of a story he told me where at one point my uncle Bob, God rest his soul, had come home from the bar drunk parked the car on the neighbor's lawn, fell asleep just outside the car and woke up to getting into a fist fight with his dad. Uh, <laughs> grandfather. And he was just that like, rules. he's like, you know, I've never seen someone move that fast. I, I thought you couldn't possibly throw a right hook like the shape he was in. But apparently mm. that's what happened was that they got in like a bloody fist fight on my dad's neighbor's lawn as a kid. And I can't believe that guy was Matt Chrisman. <laughs> That's right. um, well, there's your problem. A podcast about throwing hands with your dad. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. Oh, man. The one time I remember I grabbed my dad, not as like a fight, but because he was crossing the street really belligerently. And you know what he did? Instinctively, <laughs> crossing the street? instinctively just got me with an elbow shiver right to the gut. <laughs> I was like, I went down, dude. I went down. I was like, old man Anderson, no, you betrayed me. Yeah, and that—that's why. That's why I have to recommend just growing up as a wasp. It's way more. I'm feeling feeling very Euro right now, having never fought my own dad. Well, the thing is, the thing is, growing up as a wasp, right? Like, you'll never fight your dad, but you'll very rarely make eye contact or talk to him either. This is way healthier. Riley, should we fight your dad? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, do you, do you want to go and fight old man Riley? <laughs> Please do not fight my dad. Why? Because he'd win? Or oh, oh, because your dad's a coward. Uh. Your dad's a coward who raised a coward child, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> you, want, you want to fight my dad? You're gonna have to kill yourself first. So I respect that. If you want to fight my dad, <laughs> you. go right ahead. Just, just yeah. beating your dad in Valhalla. Yeah, yeah. No, if you want to fight, yeah, my dad was a Viking. Join me, join me in the dad dojo in Valhalla. <laughs> Look, if you want to fight my dad, he's going to use the ultimate wasp technique of just like calling the police. Just walk, yeah, just doing that <laughs> or walking away from you into like various, various rooms that you can't enter. Riley's dad calling the Mounties on you. Yeah. He's like, ah, he. He went into the golf club. Uh, <laughs> oh no, he's gone into his study <laughs> where I'm I am Irish. forbidden to enter. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I want to thank you, you guys all for, for coming on today. Uh, thank you for listening to this. If you're listening to this, then you are a Sorry. patron of our show. Um, the theme song is uh, Here We Go by Jin Sang. Yeah, it's uh, a theme tune from The Deer Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, we will see you in the free episode next week. Yeah. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.